with you, you can turn to Luke 1, verse 26. And today's message is for all women. I want to encourage all of you here that maybe are young and haven't had haven't had children or the Lord hasn't, you haven't brought forth children of your own, no matter where you are at in life, we are all called to be mothers. And many of Elizabeth Elliot's messages and writings, she reminds us that all women are called to be mothers, no matter how old you are. If there is someone younger than you in this room, you are called to be a mother. Titus says that the older women are to teach the younger women. So if you know someone younger than you, you are a mother. You are an example to them. So today's message is for every single one of us. And the theme today is, her children rise up and called her blessed. And that's found in Proverbs 31. It says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. But as I contemplated this verse and I thought about this verse after Kathy had given it to me, the Lord impressed upon my heart that this is not an exhortation for children to praise their mothers, but an exhortation for mothers, for all women, to live a praiseworthy life. So what does that mean, to be blessed? In the Greek, the definition of the word blessed describes a believer, one who is walking in with the Lord and has a relationship with Jesus, as being in a position for receiving God's favor. It's the kind of happiness that comes from receiving favor from God. Jesus used the term blessed in the Beatitudes in Matthew to describe the inner quality of a faithful servant of God. This blessedness is a spiritual state of well-being and prosperity, a deep, joy-filled contentment that cannot be changed or shaken by poverty, grief, persecution, war, or any other trial we may face in our life. That blessedness comes because we are rooted and grounded in our relationship with the Lord Jesus and whatever things that come into our life, that doesn't change. It's un, it doesn't waver. The true servant of God is blessed regardless of her circumstances because God has favored her with a fully satisfied soul. And in the world today, there are many messages being forced down our throats that you are going to find contentment or happiness if you have this, or if you looked like this, or if you changed this, or if you did this. Ladies, I'm here to tell you that nothing in this world will give you peace. Your husband won't bring you peace. Your children won't fill you completely. 
There is nothing in this world except from Jesus Christ who is going to bring you joy and fill the innermost parts of you. That is where you are going to find contentment. If you are searching for something in your life today, it is Jesus you are searching for. And I'm here to tell you this afternoon that it is only he can satisfy the deep longings of your soul. I can't put that on my husband. He is going to disappoint me. I cannot put that on my children. And I don't want them to put, them, to put that on me because I am going to fail them. I love to remind the Lord that he wrote in Psalms that I am but dust. <laughs> Lord, you know I am a sinner. You know that I am not perfect. You know I cannot be a wife. I can't be a mother. I can't be a daughter, a sister, or a friend apart from you. Because I am going to fail those people. And I am going to put, they are going to put their eyes on me and not on you. We can't put that unrealistic expectation on people. Only Jesus is going to fulfill that need that you have in your life. So how can we put ourselves in a position to receive God's favor? In Luke chapter 1, you can read Mary's Magnificent, but we are only going to read one verse, and that's verse 46. And this is Mary, the mother of Jesus, after the angel has come to her and told her she is going to bear the Savior of the world. She says in verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has, called, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. It is the servant of the Lord that is blessed. It is the life that is dedicated to the Lord that is in the correct position to receive his favor. I believe we can learn from Mary's life how to be these women that the people around us, our children, look at you and say, she is blessed. And it's not because of something materialistic that you have. It's not because of something that you did. It's because they see Christ in you. So I want to share this morning three practical lessons from her life that can equip us to be those maidservants of the Lord. As I was writing these three things, or these three things that the Lord had spoken to me about, they're, they're hard. They're challenging. But we live in such... Ladies, we live in a horrible world. We're raising our children in a very hard, hard world. And we have to take seriously the call of God on each one of our lives. Because each one of you in this room is called... God has a plan and a purpose for each one of you. He has a job that only you can do. I can't do the job that God has for you, and he has a purpose and a plan that only you can do. 
that he wrote before the foundations of the world and said, I have a specific job for this beautiful woman I am creating, and she is going to do marvelous and wonderful things for my namesake, and she is going to be a Christ bearer. As someone who was raised by servants of the Lord, I'm thankful to have a heritage of those who fear the Lord. Because out of everything that my mother and father have given me and instructed me, it was them living their lives for the Lord, for the study of his, and the study of his word that has been of most value to me. Now as a mother, now as a wife, I cling to the Lord because I can't do it on my own. I will fail them. I want to give my children Jesus. I want to be a wife that loves the Lord so I can love my husband properly. Because he doesn't want my love. <laughs> it's imperfect. It's cranky. It's annoying. It's, <laughs> it talks a lot. <laughs> but if I love my husband with the love that God fills me with for him, then that, that's what's going to encourage him. That's what's going to strengthen him and strengthen our marriage. So let's look at Luke 1, 26, verse 38. And as we look into this text, we're going to look at what it means to be a servant of the Lord. I'm going to read verses 26 through 38. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, <clears throat> to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and, bear, and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, his, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I don't know a man? And the angel said, answered to her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So the first thing we can look at or learn from Mary is what does it mean to be a servant? And servanthood means self-denial. That's our first point. Servanthood means self-denial. Mary was asked to give up her life, her actual life. You see, Mary was an ordinary girl that was willing to put her life at the disposal of the Lord. Mary didn't just give up her body to bear the Messiah. 
but she knows she can be stoned to death if she is found pregnant before her marriage to Joseph. See, she was engaged, and the fear of her death was a real possibility at that time. She would have been stoned to death if she was found pregnant before marriage. So the Lord didn't just ask her to for nine months to give up her body and the changes and all the things that you know if you've been pregnant and had a baby that comes along with, you know, bearing a child. It wasn't just the nine months. It was that you could literally be killed. But she didn't care. It was more important for her to be available for the job that God had for her. And I ask you this morning, are you available for the tasks that God has given you? Because earlier I told you, and I believe it with all my heart, that each one of you has a job and a task that God has appointed especially for you. That no one else in this whole entire world can do, only you. We may not be asked to physically put our lives on the line like Mary, but many in the world have, right? But there will be lots of moments in our lives when the Lord is asking, to die, asking us to die to ourselves. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And the life now I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live for the one who died for my sins. I live for, the, for Jesus Christ who 2,000 years ago hung on that cross, shed his blood so that I would have the hope of eternal life. I live my life for him now. I don't live it for myself. The choices that we make, ladies, have to be choices that are driven by the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called you to do. Each morning you wake up because God holds you, our breath or his, our breath in his hands. He has a plan for you each and every day. And we have to be in submission to that plan. And the plan for me when I wake up in the morning is to get ready for three little girls that are looking towards me to lead them, to encourage them, to help them. And sometimes it's just, Mom, Jordan's peeing in the corner. <laughs> Mom, when's breakfast? Mom, do we have to do school today? <laughs> Is it the weekend yet? And that's some, and it's, it's as simple as those things. Or Lauren, is my lunch ready? Or Lauren, what's this going on with this? Or what are we doing here? And it's not, hey, mom, what do you need? It's, hey, mom, I need. Hey, mom, I need. Hey, mom, I need. And from the moment we wake up, we're dying to ourselves and what we would want to do and the plans that we would have for that day. But it's a privilege. I love being a mother. Maybe you're a daughter, a young girl in your parents' home. You are called to be in submission to your mother and to your father. And I know a lot of times you have to die to yourself and what you would want to do when your mom says, go do this. Can you help with your siblings? Can you need to go do this? And constantly, you have to die to yourself and obey your parents. But Jesus is so good to us because he didn't ask us to do something he himself wasn't willing to do. Because you see in the Garden of Gethsemane, before Jesus was crucified and tortured, he asked his father for another way. 
said, if there's any other way, will you let this cup pass? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He asked his father for another way, but he loved you so much that he went through excruciating pain, was humiliated just so that he could be in, in eternity with you and live forever with you. That's how much he loves us. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. His desire is to have a relationship with you. He has a plan and a purpose for you, and he wants you to walk in them. It is not a... I know the world would want you to think living your life with Jesus is some sort of like that you're in bondage to something or that you were under control of something and it's, and it's rigid and it's hard and you have to be a certain way. And, but there's so much freedom in having a relationship with the Lord. It's completely opposite. It, that's where you find yourself, your purpose, why you were created when you give your life over to him. The world's message is so wrong and it's so backwards. You find hope and freedom in walking with the Lord. You find out what you were created for. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Ladies, as I look back at my life and, and my time as a wife and a mother, even as a young girl, I there is nothing... Everything that God has allowed me to walk through, has given me, it has not been because I've ever did anything worth deserving in it. I didn't do anything worth deserving of eternal life. Like, anything that God has done in my life, it has been because he has been gracious and good to me, and his plans have always been better than mine when I'm in submission to him. Whenever there's a situation that we are, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, his way is always better than when I try to work it out myself. When we just let him have his way in our lives, we are going to be in a position to receive that favor. We have to stop striving and kicking against it. Because the person that is calling you formed you in your mother's womb every hair on your head he knows every part of your body he formed he touched he created he knows us so intimately well so why not live our lives for this master creator for this god who is so personal who sent his son his only beloved son to die on the cross for you and for me Let's stop striving against that and live our lives in submission to the one who loves us. Servanthood means self-denial, but servanthood also means self-abandonment. Mary was asked to give up her plans and purposes. 
And if you ladies know me, I'm a very structured person. I have a plan, and my plan is going to get done, and this is how it's going to get done. You can ask one of my greatest friends, Melissa, here. I just, like, I get stuck in, we plan a lot of things together, and I get stuck in how something is going to get done and accomplished, and it's very hard for me to break out of that box and be open. And so when you have Mary, this person that was asked to give up her plans and purposes, without question... I mean, she, the only question she asked is, like, how is this going to physically happen since I haven't been with a man? But I would have been like, Lord, first of all, which maybe she was 16. 16, Lord, I got plans. I got places to go. My mom's going to kill me because I'm pregnant. <laughs> Lord, this is a tough one. Like, how are we going to work all this out? Because my mom's not going to be very happy with me. She was engaged to a just man. They probably had a nice plan for their life. They probably thought, we'll get married, have some kids, and just continue on with our simple life. Undisturbed, just normal, two good people that love each other and were going to love and have their family. And then one day that everything changed. She put her needs, she puts her wants, she puts her desires, and she puts all of her relationships on the altar. But God is so good because he went before her, even in her marriage, and ministered to Joseph and prepared him as well. But over and over and over in her life, she would have to exercise this lesson of giving up her plans and her purposes. Over and over, she would have to give her son back to the Lord. At a very small age, she would be tried in this lesson. At a very young age, she'd be tried in this lesson with Jesus as he is a toddler. And now the Lord is having them to flee to Egypt because his life was in danger. She would have to watch her son travel all over Israel ministering to the different towns and the cities, and she had to give up her son to the people. She had to watch her son be crucified on the cross. As a mother on her knees before the cross, watching her baby boy, her firstborn son, be crucified on that cross, she watched every hand be pierced. She knew those fingers. They held hers. They clung to her. She taught that little boy how to walk as she watched his feet be pierced with massive nails. She knew each one of those toes. She had to watch her son be crucified on the cross for the sins of the world but God was with her and strengthening her through each one of those seasons of her life, beginning with Jesus as a toddler, all the way to Jesus as a man, dying for the sins of the world. Living a life as a maidservant is not easy. What Mary went through with the things that you have gone through in life, they're not easy. But God promises never to leave us and forsake us. You see, we live in a fallen world. Mary 
watched her son die for the sins of the world, there was a bigger purpose. And God has a plan and a purpose for the things that you have went through, and he wants to use them for his glory. He wants to take what the enemy has meant for evil and use it for good. When we fully surrender ourselves to him, I can't promise you that your life will be perfect. I, cannot, I, can, I can promise you that you will face hard times and trials. But I can promise you, because his word says it, that he will perfect the things that concern us and he will take care of us. And if we cast our cares up, and we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. If he calls you to the task, he's going to take care of every single one of those details that you are concerned about. As a mother, one of the most difficult things that we can do is place our children back in the hands of the Lord, especially because we, you know, we love them the most. <laughs> but the one who created them in our wombs loves them even more than we do. And, he has a, and we have to trust his plans for them. He will be faithful to complete the work in our children. He'll be faithful to complete the work in us. We just have to trust that his ways are better and that his plans are better and that he has and that he is going to work whether your child is walking with the lord maybe we have a wayward child god is faithful to complete the work he will leave the 99 to go after the one and he will receive the glory in your child's life servanthood means self-denial servanthood means self-abandonment but servanthood also means cooperation with God. With one question, Mary, how is this physically going to happen? How am I going to have, be, you know, have a baby, not having a husband? She says yes. With one question, she says yes. She calls herself the maid servant of the Lord. The maid servant at that time is the lowest position in the household. She gives up all her rights and her purposes and cooperates with God. She could not have known what she was saying yes to. She did not know what this life was going to entail. Mary wasn't asked to do anything special. The angel just tells her, you're going to have a son. He doesn't say, hey, I need you to move to this palace. Um, you're gonna, we're going to move you here. We're going to protect the, the Son of God like this. We need to do this and this and this. She wasn't even asked to lead a special life. All she was to do was to remain in the world just like she had planned to do. She was asked for her ordinary life with Joseph. She was asked for her body. And Jesus wants our ordinary lives. He wants our bodies to do the work he has for to do the work he wants to get done. He doesn't want us to hold every he doesn't want us to hold anything back from him. We have to give him our lives fully and completely. And each one of us must echo that lot yet that yes in our own lives. We must surrender everything so that God can fill us with himself. I must decrease so he can increase and we need to ask ourselves do our lives bear christ to those around us to our friends our family our children our husband our co-workers when they see us do they see christ we may not be asked to do anything great or extraordinary 
but what is asked of us is our ordinary lives. It's in the cleaning, the cooking, the taking care of the kids, the laundry, our relationships with our husbands, our thoughts, the more laundry, the more cooking, the more cleaning. It's in our service to one another that we give our lives to the Lord. It's in those things that we are given the opportunities to die to ourselves and live for the Lord. God didn't ask Mary to do anything other than to raise this little boy, to protect him, and to raise him just like any other child. But he wasn't just any other, any other child. He was the son of God. The day the angel came to Mary, Mary died to herself. The day she watched Jesus die on the cross, she gained eternal life. In dying to ourselves, we are born to eternal life. We are given that gift. When she let go of her life, she gained eternity with her Lord and her Savior. When we become that living sacrifice, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I know many of you have gone through very hard things. Mary gave birth to a king. And didn't receive the treatment of royalty on this earth. Because that we know that his kingdom is not of this earth. It's in heaven and one day we are going to rule and reign with him. And you can hold on to that promise. I love that Mary had a heavenly mentality. This earth is in our home. Have a loose grip on it. Jesus is coming back and he's coming soon. As we face the difficulties and the uncertainties of life, we have to have that same mentality. If you can walk through this life with a heavenly mentality, knowing that your real life begins in heaven, where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more weeping, and we are with Jesus day, I mean, we're with him now, but we are worshiping him day and night. It's going to be very difficult to walk through those things. It's going to be very difficult to die to yourself. It's going to be very difficult to handle situations in this life if we don't have that heavenly mentality. And remembering that this world is passing. It's fading. But eternity is forever. If we don't have an eternal perspective on life and the issues you face, we're going to have a divided heart. We are going to become discouraged, distracted, and possibly even disobedient to the plans that God has for us to do. And those are the things that will hinder you from being used. You see, Mary didn't do anything to, put, to be the one chosen by God to bear the Christ, the Savior of the world. We, it's not written in the Bible, but maybe the angel had gone to other women and asked them, and maybe they said no, or I can't, or this, or that, and they maybe had every other excuses, and they were waiting to get to someone who would just say yes. That's all he wants from us. He's not going to force himself upon us. He's not going to make us do anything. We have a choice. 
It is your choice to walk with Jesus. It is your choice to live your life unto him. It is your choice to die to yourself and to live for him. Mary died to herself, said yes. That's it. And we all have the same opportunity as she did to say yes. And with that, as I was going over the study in my notes, the Lord really pressed upon my heart to ask myself and to ask you ladies, what kind of legacy are we leaving behind? Because we just looked at the legacy of Mary, of a woman, a maidservant, a woman who, who for generations to this day, think about that, over 2,000 later, we call her blessed. What will your life be known for? Mark 10.45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Maybe you're here this afternoon and you're thinking, Lauren, it's too late for me. You don't know what I've done. Or I didn't grow up in a home with parents that served the Lord. I've been through this. I did this. And I want you to know today that it's never too late. It is never too late to dedicate your life to the Lord. I don't care how you grew up or what your background looks like. Jesus died for you. God made you. And there is a reason that you are here on this earth. You see, my mom did not have two parents that loved the Lord and served the Lord as she grew up. She did not grow up in a godly home. Her parents were divorced when she was very young. Her father was an alcoholic, and her mother was dedicated to taking care of her four children, but also had to work full time. By 16, she was pregnant with my sister and in a bad relationship. My mom wasn't raised in a godly home, but there was godly people now that she looks back that she knows that were praying for her. But there was a day when God revealed himself to her, and she had a choice. She had her choice to give her life to God or to keep walking down the path that she was on. And there's a day for all of us where we're given that choice. He brought my mother to my father, who also came from a very ungodly home. And they made the, the choice together to dedicate their lives to their home, to dedicate their lives to Jesus and to serving him. My home was not perfect growing up. There's no such thing as a perfect home. But I knew without a doubt that God was the head of our home and my parents obeyed him. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. My mother had everything stacked against her. She didn't grow up in the best of communities. If you, I mean, if you can just make a laundry list of things, she really, it, she had a hard childhood. But God protected her and revealed himself to her. And she was given that choice. And as for as long as I can remember, my mom has served in our women's ministry. And no matter how difficult life was or the challenges we faced in our home, my, both my mother and my father have been faithful servants of the Lord. And then for the past 16 years, it's my favorite thing to do with her is to serve Jesus. And you can have that relationship with your daughters and with your children if you just say yes. Echo that yes that Mary said that day. And maybe you're thinking, Lauren, I don't know if I can live, leave this to follow Jesus. 
I don't know if I can put this behind and follow Jesus. You know what? You can't in your own strength. You can't. But if you take that first step and you say yes to Jesus and say, Lord, this is my life. I've made a mess of it, Lord, but can you do something with it? He says, yes, I want you. That's all I want is a willing heart. Let me take over. Let me take with the, 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 the mess that we have made of our lives and let me work in you. Let me use it for my glory. Let me use you because I love you with an everlasting love. His love is so gentle and kind and long-suffering and patient and good. And you know what he says to us in 2 Corinthians 6, 2? He says, In the time of my favor, I have heard you. I hear each one of you. I hear the longings of your heart. I hear you cry at night. I hear you when you are just whispering to get through and you're praying to get through just the tough days or the battles that you're going through. In the time of my favor, I have heard you. God hears you. I promise you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Today is the day of salvation. Ladies, we're not promised tomorrow. You need to make that choice if you haven't already. And today I want to give the opportunity with every heart, every eye closed and bowed. If you want to accept Jesus into your heart, if you want that peace, that surpasses all understanding. I want you to raise your hand, and I want to pray with you. If you want to commit your life to Jesus, I see you. I see you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you position yourself to receive God's favor. Because he loves you, and he has a plan for you. Maybe you've walked away from the Lord. Maybe you said no to the Lord. Well, today he wants to hear you say yes. To make the decision to turn your life around. Anybody else? Okay, let's pray. Father God, I, give, I thank you, Lord, for these ladies, Lord, who want to dedicate their lives to serving you, Lord. I want you to repeat after me this prayer. Lord Jesus... Please come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I accept your gift of salvation. Please use my life for your glory. I need you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ladies, God is so good, and he loves each one of you. Let's pray one more time. Father God, we thank you for this time together, Lord, to study your word, Lord, 
to receive all the goodness that you have from us, Lord. I pray that your word would go forth and that it would do the work that you've commanded it to do, Lord. We thank you for this time. We thank you for Pastor Joe and Kathy. Lord, we pray your blessing upon this church. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.